Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give my shout out to the sponsors of the show, which is Rise and Sons, the award-winning brewery in Cork. And if you're in Cork, Jack, you know where to go for a nice beer, man. Absolutely. So I have Jack Penders here with Rotlust. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Jack. Happy to be here again, Richie. Yeah, and I think actually it's the second one I've ever done in the morning. It's a, a mental kind of work schedule, so thankfully we were able to actually fit this in. Do you really? Are you doing night shifts or do you work nighttime, Jack? What's, what's your background? Yeah, I, I work in a work in a bar, um, and the, the the shifts are generally about maybe from maybe three onwards to okay. whatever time I get out. Okay. <laughs> usually okay. And where's that? Is it Dublin? Is it um, it's in Dublin. I'm actually I'm in the middle of kind of switching jobs at the minute, but it'll still it's still going from one kind of bar job into the next, you know. Okay. What bar is it, if you don't mind? Uh, I'm leaving. I've been in Token in Smithfield for about five and a half years, um, and I'm move, currently moving to Rascals out in Inchicore. It's a brewery. Um, oh, just wow. I've been there a while, and it's it's good to kind of do a bit of a change, you know, after after about five and a half years. That place in Smithfield, I've never heard of that. What's the main bar down in Smithfield there? There'd be a few. Dice, like, is it Dicey's? Is it no? Um, there's no, Ryan's. Uh, there's there's a few. There'd be Frank Ryan's. There'd be Oscar's. Cobblestone is up at the top. It would be more of the kind of the the touristy, famousy one. Um, Alongside you know. Ryan's, right across the road. From- uh, yeah, so it's it. We're on the same street as Frank Ryan's. It's kind of further down, closer to the keys. Yeah, because I drank in Ryan's, and then there's another bar alongside of it, and then it's just a short walk down to Voodoo. Yeah, yeah, it's just right around the corner. What's that bar though? I'm trying to think of it. It's a black bar. It's got big windows alongside Ryan's. If you come over, there Ryan's. used to be. Uh, oh yeah, you're you're near, you're nearly right. It used to be Dice Bar. It closed. Dice Bar. That's it. It closed it after lockdown. Yeah. Ah oh, fuck! That'll tell you now. The last time I was up. Jesus. Absolutely. And I is there another there bar gone in there, or is it just gone? So there's a few rumours about it. One is, I think, potentially the Whiplash, that Irish brewery. I think they might be taking it over. Um, oh. But it's still kind of just sitting. Dormant as far as it looks, I and mean, there may right. be stuff kind of going on inside mm-hmm. and stuff. I know the building itself was kind of fairly old, so if they were going to do anything with it, they would yeah. need to kind of like gut it completely. So many great nights in there. So many great nights in there. Fantastic. Used to be our uh, our kind of where we go after after a shift as well, just to kind of unwind a bit. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, you're going to more gigs than me lately. I've noticed yeah. that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm generally not like I'm not too kind of gig heavy but it just happened to recently a, a lot of them kind of just kind of coalesced at once kind of thing yeah um what was just going to see one? um I'd, I'd have to say i went to london um last friday to see porcupine tree they would have been massive for me growing up and stuff and right. especially like, like being more so a drummer than anything it would be their drummer that kind of like I've every single thing that I have played, I pretty much have stolen from him, kind of thing. One of those things. So it was, it was a it was brilliant. a fairly pretty big important gig for me. Um, I'm actually I'm going to see. I'm not actually working tonight. I'm going to see Cigaros tonight as well. Oh um, my god, Jesus! That's a that's really, a name from the past. Absolutely, it's the there. I've been. I saw them last time in. I think it was Kilmainham, but they're in the three arena tonight. So I can't wait. What they're playing the three arena? Yeah. You'd wonder, because like they're out years, man. I remember that it's, is it that song? It's you, is it? Or something like that. It's real. They're, out, they're from Iceland, aren't they? Or somewhere around yeah, they've, they're they're from, I think, yeah, they're definitely from Iceland. And they're just, they're they're kind of this, sounds like them kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. even, even with regards to like the vocals and stuff like that. Apparently, I was reading an interview with him. Apparently, it's what he sings is based more so on how like the syllables sound than what he's actually saying. So like, 
Ah, it's, he, okay. was, he said it's a mix of Icelandic, English and gibberish. He's just kind of <laughs> singing whatever kind of suits the song. So it's, it's like he's using his own voice as an instrument more so than anything, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you get away with it because it's not as, as if any of us know Icelandic. <laughs> as far as I know, there's not a lot of people there. So like... <laughs> no one, not, like not a lot of people would understand in fairness. Yeah. So It's on my bucket list of the places to go, actually. Absolutely, same. That's interesting with Porcupine Tree. Mm. So you released a brilliant album it's two years ago now, man. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, give or take nearly nearly two years to the day, nearly. Covenant. Um, so you worked with Steve Lindsay on the artwork and Steve Lovett then. Mm-hmm. Little Wolf, is it Studios? Little Wolf, yeah. And it's a completely different entity to what you're on here today. Looking back on Covenant now, are you still proud of it, happy with it? Absolutely. It's definitely still something that like I, one of the, like I guess with all of the, the things that I do with this project, it's kind of something that I've always wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point now that I kind of have maybe the ability and the skill set to do it. Um, yeah. Covenant itself kind of like represents a kind of a big part of what I kind of feel I am musically in, in that it's very kind of soundtrack based and, and represents kind of like a, a specific kind of, I guess, like influence kind of group that I have. Um, And then this new album is is exactly the same in that it's like, again, another kind of like part of me musically. And uh, like for me, kind of, I always kind of wear a lot of my influences on my sleeves and stuff like that. And this is, I kind of treat these as kind of like almost like, almost like trying to see how, how some of the bands have influenced me and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's, but with regards to Covenant now, I'm, I'm incredibly happy with it. Um, Every so often I'll kind of, I find the farther away you are, the easier it is to listen to like objectively. So like, yes. you're not just sitting there going, Oh, I would have done this different or this, or, or yeah. like even like the tiniest of mixed things, you're kind of just listening to it the way someone who's never heard it before is listening to it. And like, it's as long as it kind of still stands up in that regard, like I'm happy. That's nice, man. Cause I mean, yeah. how long did it take you to write that, to get assemble it? I'd say, <sighs> I'd say it was it was done over about a year and a half to two years. Now a lot of it was like I would kind of sit and write a lot of it, and the idea, like I mean, we talked about in the last one, the idea was for me to take it to um, Dave Redmond to kind of just like add a few more kind of layers and stuff like that. And we ended up instead of doing that, we ended up almost like like the 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 structure of the song stayed the same, but almost like reapproaching them all. Like it was a case mm. where we did one thing, we we're kind of like, well, we need to kind of do this with all of them now. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I, I I even like with regards to like credits and stuff, I almost credited him. I like I credited him as like a co-writer in yeah. that like we just like I did I I wrote the songs, but what we did together mm. really established what the sound of Covenant would be, kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Um so no, I was still like immensely, immensely proud of it. Um it did take quite a while over like again with like say both of us kind of working different schedules and then Kind of stuff we were lucky to kind of like pretty much have it all done then COVID hit but then when we came back from COVID essentially all that we needed to do was kind of like do it a once over and then mm. throw it over to, to Stephen yeah so now we'll talk about the dirge is it a concept album Jack not in the sense that it's um that it's the same kind of theme or story going out the whole thing but more mm-hmm. so in that it's it's like it's it's the subject it's the idea of like so like the idea of the album in a kind of lyrical sense and kind of subject matter sense in that it's in that it's like 
it's exploring kind of different levels of kind of depression and stuff and in the various kind of stages of it being like you know like the the melancholy of it the desperation of it the the anger of it the the usual kind of just like depression and then even like with regards to like potentially like you know coming out of it kind of thing and it was it was like like around that time that i was writing it i was kind of experiencing a little bit of that myself and just kind of i thought it would be like a good exercise to help kind of me kind of understand what was going on to explore it in that sense and Mm -hmm. to kind of like tap into those kind of like feelings and stuff like that that would eventually kind of like and it did it, it helped kind of like I always kind of feel once you can put a name to something, you have a bit more control over it and you kind of know what yeah, it is. Yeah. And then you can, it, it definitely kind of helps. So Very that's true, what yeah. this was. It was, it was about like kind of a, an exploration into the kind of the, the different kind of aspects of kind of mental health issues kind of revolving around kind of depression and, and anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, the music augments it then. Absolutely. We, I kind of wanted the the music itself to kind of almost be as, violent and aggressive as kind of those kind of mental health things can be. And I, yeah. I kind of felt that this kind of style of music was the only kind of, <laughs> the only right thing to kind of use, you know? Yeah. And the structure of the songs had you a lot of, a lot of demos lying around that didn't make Covenant or were these just brought as you were kind of exploring this new music side of you? <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Like it, I, I, Covenant and, and this are obviously very, very different. Yeah. And I remember when I first kind of like all of this kind of spawned from me learning kind of how to record and kind of engineer again, something that I wanted to do for ages that mm. has now kind of let me do these kind of solo things. And I, um, when I kind of started, obviously I was kind of just throwing demos together just to kind of, just to kind of learn how to do it and stuff. And both the really kind of heavy kind of death metal side and the ambient kind of thing are two things that I do naturally anyway. So it was, okay. it was kind of an obvious kind of thing to do a few demos in kind of that genre. Um, some of them, I think out of like, I ended up writing maybe four or five songs at that time that I initially uh, like had the idea to release as like an EP or whatever. Okay. Um, and then over time, what I ended up doing is like working on both this and what ended up being Covenant at the same time. And if I hit a wall with one, I would just jump over to the other. Nice. But because they're completely different kind of like environments, yeah. it wasn't as if like your wall would be the same here. You would end up, because you've spent so much time in a different environment, you would have the inspiration to yeah. go for the next one and you yeah. just keep jumping. And I ended up I think scrapping. I think that's a very interesting because solo artists can do that. Whereas if it's mm. in a band, it's way more difficult, obviously. Yeah, because the, the band is that music and that's yes. what you have to stick to. I mean, yes. it does help that you have like, say, potentially four to five people to kind of like say if one person is kind of at a loss with something, another person can kind of keep going. Yeah. Whereas this is when you're on your own, you kind of need to, you don't want to be sitting there feeling like I've, I've no ideas. I can't kind of, you'll yeah. always have ideas. There's all, you, you just need to keep going kind of thing and go mm-hmm. somewhere in a different way that kind of lets you continue working. But I ended up scrapping, I'd say maybe 70% of what I had two of the tracks on the album are the tracks from that really like initial kind of like just again, writing for the sake of learning how to do this. Um, And the rest of them were written during lockdown in a very kind of almost like, I guess as regimented as you could be in that, like it was just a schedule and that like, I kind of like, I was at home with my parents for lockdown and after dinner with my parents, I'd just go down to the basement and just start writing. And like, that's, that was my schedule kind of thing. And I would sit there for, I guess as long as kind of like, as long as kind of it was productive kind yeah. of thing and uh, like yeah. and it would just be a case of like it's not a thing of like i'm gonna go down there and see what happens it's like no i'm going down there to write mm-hmm. and 
and I would just sit and write. And sometimes I would come out with a full song at the end of a session. Sometimes I would maybe just have a riff, but even the riff is enough for me to then come down the next day and continue on. From yeah. There. And who were you sharing those ideas with initially um, just for feedback alone as the the songs formed? Um, no one really. Um, I know like it, it was more of a case of like, like it, it would be more every so often, especially with lockdown, I guess you, you were kind of limited to people kind of maybe kind of coming over and, and kind of spending time with them. Every so often I'd throw like maybe like one of the, the tracks that I was working on in a very kind of basic state to like the, the guitar player Dead Aeon, the first band I was in. Um, and because he would, this is kind of very similar music to what we would have been writing yeah. anyway. It's very, okay. that it's like that kind of very Polish death metal inspired stuff um, mm-hmm. that we would both very much be into. So naturally I was kind of like, does this, do you think this would have been like, could, does this remind you of like any of this kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, and he very much enjoyed it. He was actually, he was one of the first people that I kind of played the entire album for from start to finish um, because I kind of, I had like, he's, he's one of my longest friends and um, because myself and himself would have been the main kind of writers of that band yeah. that I kind of felt it was appropriate that the kind of the first person I show this to when it's all finished is the person that I technically, I guess, if things had been different, I would have been writing this with anyway. Yeah, kind of that's cool, man. That's great. Yeah. You genuinely appreciate their feedback. And I, I think actually I would have loved to see his face when he heard the whole mm. tracks. I mean, as long as he has known you and probably he's watched you with Covenant as well, I'm sure he was delighted to see what you were writing is now relevant. And maybe, as you said yourself, with your past band as well, they're kind of going, wow. <laughs> Full circle, really, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I kind of always thought whenever I kind of had enough experience in writing and recording that I would do that because it's 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 in my wheelhouse. I've I've been yeah. listening to death metal for as long as I can remember, and again, I can, at this point, I can play it in my sleep, kind of thing. It's what mm-hmm. I play when I pick up guitar is that kind of heavy kind of music, um, and it's like, yeah, it was it, it definitely fell a bit full circle to be kind of like we've I was in that band for maybe ten years and stuff and. And it was really nice to kind of almost kind of like bookended it because we've had we haven't been in a band in quite a while, um, and we've always kind of talked every so often about maybe even just doing like, like throwing like writing and throwing out a new EP, not playing it live or whatever, but just because myself himself and the drummer would be very close anyway. Yeah. That we could maybe throw something together, but this is this was really cool to kind of just be like. This is this this is the thing that we've been talking about doing, or at least I've been talking about doing for years. Yeah. Even when we were in the previous band, saying, "Oh, I'd love to like sit and just record my own thing," and um, this it finally happened, kind of thing. It's uh, there's this full album full of really disgusting music <laughs> that we've been talking about for years, yeah. but it's finally here. Yeah, it's another chapter, man. So Absolutely. let's let's go into it. Um, the title, the dirge. Hmm. I think I, I was kind of was there back a few. And forth back and forth with titles for a while um and i can't remember how i found it but it's just it's 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 like as soon as i saw like the word i think it was i think it was i was playing during lockdown i was playing lots of my old games and there was a game called dirge cerberus and i kind of was kind of like i always kind of wondered what that word meant um mm. and ended up kind of like googling it or whatever and it's it's kind of like a almost kind of like a funeral kind of song, like a, me- Scripts, a lament yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. I always, as soon as I read that, I was like, that's perfect for like the subject matter that I was doing. It was again, based in that, like it's specifically music. The dirge is, is, is a, is a musical term. 
and the idea of it being related to the likes of like again sadness melancholy depression yeah. something like that. It's, it's the perfect kind of title for mm. something that encompasses the various kind of stages of it that kind of thing okay right so this is the first track it's uh carry on and we'll give it a listen That's one of my favorite tracks, man. I love that. The hell of a solo, isn't it? It's yeah, that's Steve, isn't it? From that's yeah, that's uh, that's rats. Um, most of the, the metal community in, in Ireland will know about him. Um, it would have been him, um, and a few of the lads that we used to play with in Dichotomy that would like myself and uh, well, our band Dead Aeon and them would have played together quite a bit. Um, and oh, again, okay. like him being, him being like a a sound engineer and stuff like that. It's he would have done sound for our band quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, I've always kind of wanted him on a track kind of thing because I just knew he was a phenomenal guitar yeah. player. Um, but the best thing about it was whenever he like whenever he 
said he would do it. He was also kind of like, I kind of really want to add a few more things and not just guitar. So that sitar that you hear just yeah, before the solo and during. picked it out, man. Class. Is him playing it. He has a sitar um, and he plays it. Um, okay. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, no, that's, of course I'm going to put that in. It's, <laughs> it just adds this other kind of otherworldly kind of it quality does. to it. It does, absolutely. Um, what were your influences for say if you look at a track like that carrying what what influences do you want people to hear through Def- definitely like especially with the the first riff um and that it's kind of just like a repeated kind of almost like um almost kind of alarm kind of kind mm. of sound and that it's just this chord kind of hit i, I was definitely kind of channel- channeling a bit of decapitated there with uh, the likes of like visual delusion and stuff it would have been like it's just this really kind of dissonant kind of just repeating pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll hear like, like the likes of like decapitated and behemoth and, and stuff will, will be kind of like a reoccurring kind of vibe throughout yeah. that kind of stuff. Again, it's just, it's the natural kind of sound that comes out of me when I play this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And the vocals, um, all you. Yeah. Um, on this track, at least there's Even a when few, you re- when you raise your voice there, man, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a lovely contrast, with obviously the guttural mm. vocals. I always like when I was in that day on and stuff like that, I always kind of wanted to push my kind of ability and stuff. I never wanted to be like, and, and there's, there's definitely places for it, but I never wanted to be one of those, the, the vocalists that just kind of have that one yeah. sound. Like say for example, um, your man from at the gates is phenomenal, but mm-hmm. that like he, he sounds like that every time kind of thing. He doesn't yeah. really go lower or higher. That's his kind of sound. And I always kind of wanted it to sound as if there were multiple people, as if it was like three or four vocalists throughout the track doing yeah. different things, but it is just me. That kind of thing. Mm. I always kind of look at them as like different characters in the song. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to accentuate a certain kind of feeling and stuff. Yeah. Like it's it like, and again, like even like, because there's a bit of kind of death metal and a bit of kind of black metal kind of vibe, it's, it's to kind of like, be appropriate to that again mm. if, if it's being a bit more kind of black metal maybe do a bit of the higher vocals if it's being really heavy and stuff go lower and, and then yeah. if it's this big kind of epic thing do all three at once kind of thing you know <laughs> you know I love it and that was the obvious opener yeah yeah it's it was even when I was talking to Rats about the track it was the way like I already had it kind of starts off as kind of like a a lo-fi radio kind of version of the track kind of blended mm-hmm. in. Um, I already had that in there when, before I sent it to him and he was like, man, that, that needs to like be the start. It's a very kind of like, you're just kind of coming into the album and it just starts and yeah. pretty much just doesn't stop like with the kind of the ridiculous aggressiveness until the very end kind yeah, of thing. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So the second track here is ceaseless. So we'll give mm-hmm. this a blast. <laughs>
How could that not bring a smile to anybody's face? <laughs> I can tell you like the solos. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, it's just those two had to be put in straight Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Barry Christie, X-Vile mm-hmm. Regression. Absolutely. Friend. Yes, um, Vile Regression would have been another band that we would have played with quite a bit. It was actually, it was kind of those three bands, uh, ours, Dichotomy and, and Vile Regression, that would have been kind of, if it's, it, it's generally would have been at least two of us playing at one time kind of thing. Okay. And if we were lucky, all three of us were there. Um, and the way Baz kind of played guitar always really, really stood out to me. It was all very kind of, very sleek and a lot of finesse, but still kind of like um, very kind of heavy and aggressive. And especially with his lead playing, there was just a very kind of specific way he would play. Um, and especially on recording when he could like kind of harmonize and, and kind of stuff, there was almost like a signature kind of, harmony that he would do that he actually okay. does in, in this solo that is like instantly recognizable as him so as soon as i heard it back i was like that's exactly what it is that's <laughs> as from vile regression on my track and that's exactly what i want yeah the drumming patterns as well jack on this is very interesting mm, that's They're that's coming rich. from yeah. that's coming from me mainly kind of being a drummer um mm. kind of makes it like obviously like i'll say that all these drums and even the drums in Covenant um, on everything that I've released have been like program drums because um, it's just it's not feasible for us to get for me to kind of like rent out a studio and, and, and play all these kind of things when I'm pretty much doing all of it essentially in, yeah, in my yeah. sitting room kind of thing okay um, but it's the idea is to kind of like not go overboard and essentially just approach them the way I would play them like if I'm in this scenario what would I play yeah. kind of thing okay. um, and I, I spend a lot of time trying to make it as like again as realistic and as and as like kind of like logical as possible and that this is this is kind of what I would want to do in this kind of situation mm-hmm. um, that track in particular is very kind of based on kind of more so kind of rhythmical ideas and, and stuff like that I'd, I'd say there's a kind of a bit of bit of a sugar in there and then yeah. it's like it's it's very, yeah, more so kind of like purely based on the groove of things more so than anything being like, even that last riff is it's on one note, but it's the pattern that's being played yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. That's the interesting thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, excellent vocals as well on that. Really, really Thank good. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. So we're moving on to my favorite track cool. at the moment. It's all but Cal Curios. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I was struggling how to say it myself when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give it a blast.
Here is my news, Reverend. I long for the darkness. I pray for death, real death. Blackness, loneliness, silence, peace. You just need to admit that you're in over your head. I don't regard my state of mind as some pessimistic view of the world. I regard it as the world itself. And all of it only a heartbeat away. I want the dead to be dead. If I thought that in death I would meet the people I knew in life, I don't know what I would do. That would be the ultimate horror, the ultimate nightmare. Without the prospect of death to look forward to, man it's so hard just to cut off these clips but <laughs> you have to buy the album folks absolutely absolutely what a track there's so much going on in this one there's samples there's blast beats there's fantastic vocals from steve cannon this mm-hmm. place hell what a choice mm-hmm. talk to me how did that happen um, Stephen and I have known each other for quite a long time. Um, we were in the same college together. I think he was in the year above me, but we like in the college at the time, it was very much known that with regards to like kind of heavy vocals, growling, screaming, that kind of thing, it was essentially just myself and himself. So we ended up kind of crossing paths quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and like becoming friends, having the same kind of friend group because we were all kind of into heavy music in the college. Um, and we always kind of wanted to do something together. The The college itself had a lot of like performance and stuff and a lot of covers. And we always said we'd do like a dual vocal thing. Um, like uh, we always wanted to do, um, it was a song called The Dagger off Roadrunner United, where it's Howard Jones oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Cage yeah. and Rob Flynn from Machine Head. Yes. And we would have done joint with that. We have unfortunately never got to do that. But uh, as soon as I kind of was writing this, I was like, no, this is the time I'm, I'm finally going to get Stephen on a track. Um, and I just, his, his voice is, again, is so signature. It's like, you know, it's Steven. It's that very kind of like, very shouty pitched yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it has just this kind of perfect contrast with my kind of like typical kind of yes. like death metal growl kind of thing. And just adds this other layer of like interest to it. Mm, yeah, because I mean, it works really well. I'd almost say the hardcore element mm. blended in with that. You don't hear it that much. And it's, uh, it's an interesting contrast and Completely. it really works for this song which is why i love it there's samples as well talk to me about that where did you get those samples from so that's that's again uh my very good friend dave redmond um we kind of i kind of know now that my process is i'll like i'll do as like a lot of the work and a lot of the thing it depending on kind of what genre it is now dave wouldn't be into this kind of music at all like but he's kind of the guy that will can like absolutely appreciate what okay. it is for what it is kind of thing. Yeah. But um, he would be definitely more in line with the, the likes of Covenant with regards to musical taste. But I kind of know now that the process is I'll write the album and then I'll just bring it to him and we'll just do whatever we feel is necessary okay. kind of thing. Again, he's 
he kind of works more so within that kind of like, I guess like soundtracky kind of like and and ambient kind of samples and stuff like that. Like himself, like it's it's a lot of a lot of that. And again, we just kind of started from the the start to the finish and just went through tracks and kind of picked picked sections that we thought would like kind of we could just kind of complement a little bit, um, mm. uh, like just Almost accentuate benefit. Benefit exactly. The, if yeah. it's a case of like, there's a few kind of like risers into drops and stuff like that, just to yeah. accentuate kind of like the heaviness of things and stuff, or or adding a bit of ambience and kind of stuff. Um, it's it it definitely is kind of the last kind of like really good coat of paint on the album before yeah. it's sent off to mixing is is him. So I, I kind of I have that in my kind of like process now that whatever I do next, I know I'll take it to a certain point and then bring it to Dave and we'll just add that another kind of layer of complexity on it. Mm. And I mean, the samples as well, I don't know what they're from, but... There's a lot of, lot of kind of like, especially with the risers, it's a lot of like planes taken off kind of yeah. thing. Because you can hear, you can hear like it's, it's just like a frequency kind of going up and we'll mm. kind of edit it and change it in a different way. Dave is, a, is really good at like taking a sound like and it could be anything it could literally be like a bin falling over and we'll spend maybe 45 minutes to an hour affecting it and changing it and stuff like that to just essentially mold it into something completely different and just kind of throwing it in kind of thing it's it's yeah. crazy it's a mental process i definitely couldn't really just <laughs> no. sit there and do it on my own i'd go no. insane not many know. people can that's that's no. really cool to hear that okay yeah. track four the deafening dawn chorus
people can see the world for what it truly is, see their lives for what they truly are without dreams or illusions. I don't believe they could offer the first reason why they should not elect to die as soon as possible. I don't believe in God. Can you understand that? Sure. And I loathe these discussions. The argument of the village atheist whose single passion is to revile endlessly that which he denies the existence of in the first place. Your fellowship is a fellowship of pain and nothing more. And if that pain were collective instead of merely reiterative, the sheer weight of it would drag the world from the walls of the universe and send it crashing and burning down through whatever night it might yet be capable of engendering until it was not even ash and brotherhood, justice, eternal life. Who would want this nightmare? That's a brilliant riff. Mm, that needs well. to be heard live. Let's maybe talk about a small bit about that. Will any of these tracks ever make it to a venue? Most likely not. Um, okay. This is this is something that I kind of do because, like, because I can, um, and I'm kind of always like more so on leaning to the side of like wanting to do something new rather than and again like a, no no shade to anyone that plays live playing live is amazing um but i would kind of much the, the time that it would take to kind of put the band together to get them to learn yeah. the songs to rehearse the songs and then to eventually play live i would rather spend making something new yeah. kind of thing because yeah. that's what this is for like it's, i've i've been playing live since i was maybe 10 years old and i'm 29 now and I, like it definitely has its place and stuff and mm. To be fair, like throughout making this album and stuff like that, there are definitely points listening to it where I was like, I would love to play that live. I would <laughs> love that particular riff would be really good live. Yeah. But it's it's kind of it's it's just kind of more so. It's not what it's for, kind of yeah. thing. And that's um, absolutely fair, Jack. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was talking to a band called Yurt um, there lately as well, and they're mm-hmm. all about like moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be spending time playing live when it's yeah. when they know themselves that it's actually distracting them from mm. the next album you know and exactly yeah yeah but I, look do you know what i just wanted to acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> just, there's some fucking amazing tracks on there and you're going to go thank you very much that uh, that particular track is one of the ones that survived the the first kind of round of tracks um ah, okay so that's that's actually quite an old track that tracks maybe four or five years old at this point kind of thing. Wow. But again, gone through different iterations and different versions and stuff like that. But it's it was definitely one of the ones that I'm kinda of like, okay, I need to I need to I need to keep especially for that that opening riff I'm I'm particularly proud of. I, I really like it. Yeah. Like in the structure of the whole um album, is there a reason why that song in particular is in there at number four? Are you watching pacing or is there dynamics um, at play? More, yeah, more so, kind of the, just the feel of it. I like you. You know, you probably noticed that in the certain, like certain tracks. I think it's the track three, that your favorite one, and, and this mm-hmm. one. There's kind of bookends to them, and that yeah, there's like a, exactly kind of thing. And and yeah. this this is all kind of leading up to um, the last track itself. Um, because uh, like it's 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 kind of it's structured in that way and, and or not the last track sorry the the title track which I think is the second last track correct um yeah. and it's yeah that, like that kind of felt especially considering that track is one of the 
I think there's maybe only another one that doesn't have any like features on it. It, it doesn't have any extra musicians. It made sense for that to just be because it's just me kind of dead in the middle. That's your kind of like your halfway point kind of thing. It's it's a quite a fast track. It's quite heavy and but probably more so one of the the more kind of simplistic ones as well. Mm-hmm. It almost kind of as much as it can be. It would might be it might be a bit of a kind of a break kind of thing. Yeah. Considering there's the other tracks are so kind of dense and kind of a bit more complex, this is a bit more straightforward. It kind of requires, I think, less from the listener, and hopefully that would mean it's a good jumping off point for the rest of the album. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well explained. Okay. So the, the next track, yeah, you're on your own with this one as well. Mm. Uh, Stain of the Familiar. It's actually a great song. Talk to me about lyrics. We'll pick this one, for example. This is one that um, I was interested to hear. What's it about? Staying out the familiar. I'm trying to remember. Let me think. I think it's it's more so again with the the whole kind of concept of being kind of like exploring kind of different sides of depression and and mm-hmm. and melancholy and stuff like that. I think I remember this one being kind of a kind of a step back um, in terms of progress because um, obviously there like with regards to like mental health, it's always about kind of trying to kind of take the next step forward and acknowledging things as you, as you go and stuff. And, and a big part of it is like accepting things and stuff. Um, but it's not always, it's not always linear. There is times where something might kind of knock you back on your arse and you, and it's, you fall back on your feet and, and you kind of need to, it seems to be the only way to kind of move past that is to again, acknowledge that and accept that, mm-hmm. that it's again, you can't just keep moving forward um for whatever reason kind of thing and and even with re- with regards to like the title itself like stain of the familiar so you will like a lot of the time you'll look at it and you might end up with like this kind of defeatist kind of attitude and like well i can't do this i can't there there is no kind of you're almost kind of accepting that this is what your life is and and kind of I, I even personally i was kind of like that for quite a while and that like i almost like just thought like it's it's not that i'm like there's something wrong. It's just, this is what, this is what it is. This is what life is. It's hard time sometimes and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and not kind of allowing yourself to acknowledge like, no, you, you can improve. You can, there, there, there is kind of easier ways to go about existing more so. Mm. Um, so it's, it's about kind of like, like the fact that it says stain, it's, it's like 
looking at it as like it's something is like tarnished and ruined and stuff like that when really it is just a case of accepting that it's just another kind of step in the journey to yeah being kind of okay with yourself in that mm-hmm. kind of sense you know and again the two as i would call them the two characters seem to be answering to each other right exactly it, it it is it's supposed to be that kind of like because you always like in, in, when you're in these kind of scenarios you you end up with these conversations in your head and stuff yeah. like that and, and i even wanted to feel that to kind of feel like that main riff uh, even with regards to like the tempo is very specific with kind of how it felt and that it was almost kind of like you could imagine like a room full of people waltzing to it kind of thing and it's this really horrible demented kind of waltz but it's like you're you're automatically in that kind of dream like kind of surreal kind of state and mm. it's a it's a kind of a feel that the rest of this the album doesn't really have a lot of it is very kind of immediate and very very quick or very yeah. like based in just pure groove and heft whereas this is more kind of like i always consider this i was very kind of almost unsure about this track for a while um and it was actually it was when we kind of reapproached it with dave and kind of added that kind of like other layer of kind of like surrealism that um it it kind of immediately had a place in the album as this kind of kind of more disorienting kind of thing yeah. more kind of like cyclical kind of thing it, it mm-hmm. definitely kind of earned its place in that regard yeah and it follows the the deafening dawn chorus yeah really nicely mm-hmm. okay so i sent the mm-hmm. video yeah and- <laughs> I think I described it as jaw dropping when you sent it to me. It's it's absolutely incredible. So we'll play the track first and then it'll give you enough time to think about it because I am going to ask you plenty of questions on it. Go on. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like my riffs. Oh, same here, man. Same here. Right. First of all, why you chose that one? Uh, Benjamin Ellis of Scar Symmetry uh, appeared on it as well, which is really fucking cool. Mm. Was that a late edition? It was definitely. It was one of the tracks that was written kind of lockdown kind of time in that kind of like. And I, I guess like I'd say five or six of them were. It was, and I always kind of look at those five or six as this one big cohesive thing because they're all written essentially in succession. Um, they were quite similar. Um, I can't remember exactly kind of when that song came about, but I kind of remember like thinking that either this one or ceaseless was that were the two, if there were to be singles, that's one of the other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with, uh, and this kind of just kind of took 
the the kind of cake for a few reasons with regards to with regards to ben um i've known ben for a very very long time um he was in a band called bloodshot dawn at one point oh yeah um who i think my band ended up playing with once or twice um and ended up having a bit of a kind of relationship with um and i remember like i, I met ben one of the night i think they were playing with i think flesh god apocalypse were playing in the pint at, and i think can't remember if we played or we were just there um, but I had known the front man of Bloodshot Dawn and he introduced me to Ben, who was the guitar player at that point. Um, I ended up just kind of essentially kind of like hanging out that kind of entire night and kind of talking to him about it and about like kind of what he's, cause he's a phenomenal guitar yeah. player. He's probably one of the best guitar players I've seen in person kind of thing. And it's funny. I remember asking him, I was like, look, well, who, who is, who is your guy? Who's the person that you kind of like, like I was saying earlier with Porcupine Tree, their drummer is yeah. my kind of drummer. Like who's the person that kind of makes you play the way you want to play. And he was like, well, honestly, it's, it's mainly kind of Per Nielsen from Scar Symmetry. And I was like, that's really, really cool. I, I, I haven't really listened to that much. And then funnily enough, he ends up just joining his favorite band, Wow, which is phenomenal. Like it's, it's perfect. But um, I remember when I first started writing this kind of stuff for the, the first initial things, I contacted him about potentially doing like a solo on it. He was like, yeah. absolutely. Um, and there ended up being like, I, I ended up kind of stopping progress on the heavy stuff to kind of work on Covenant and nothing was really kind of said of it. And then when I kind of kicked back into gear about the dirge, um, I messaged him again. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Just send me whatever track you want. Um, and I think I, like the, the section that he solos on, because it's fairly kind of like simplistic musically, um, in that it's just a kind of a big open chord and going between two notes. So it was like, that is like a perfect kind of section for just this big ripping solo. And he's like, the way he kind of constructs things and stuff like that is, is very kind of like, it's full of massive technical ability. And then would suddenly have this really catchy kind of little line that you almost kind of like, I, there's a, there's a part in the solo where every single time my friend hears it, he like sings it yeah. um, because it's just that cool little catchy part. Um, and he just he blew it out of the water. It's it's kind of like it's really cool to have someone in a really big band on the album kind of thing. But at the same time, like I don't even think he was in kind of Scar Symmetry when I asked him. I just knew him as this yeah. probably and, one of the big, best guitar players on the planet kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and that, that's a better story all day long rather than just Absolutely. approaching this random or you know, yeah, you're gonna have to watch the video anyway. And I deliberately left the solo out as well. Talk to me about the video. You got Olga involved. I did. Um, I worked with Olga before on some LNT stuff um, and kind of got like, I got on really well with the likes of her and Alan um, because they would be more inclined to the heavier side of music as well. Okay. Um, and I remember specifically um, when I was working on one of the LNT videos with her um, that I had mentioned what we had done with that video is that we essentially kind of like concepted the entire thing almost like not even like shot for shot but like the whole thing was there and we just kind of wanted her to like to obviously to film it but to kind of like bring it to that next level kind of thing yeah and i remember talking to her at the end of one of the shoots being like um yeah and and you could like i was essentially saying it's like you can go as crazy as you want with this as like mental as you want and she was like she seemed surprised because she was assuming that we she was essentially working to a brief okay and we were like no that that that's more so the, the concept and not so much the execution, but I saw that she was like the, the video itself is all really weird and distorted and stuff like that. And it's perfect. But I could tell from that conversation that she was very much kind of holding back in terms of like how extreme she could bring it. 
Um, and when I kind of decided that I was going to do a music video for this album, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to go to Olga because mm-hmm. again, that familiarity with that kind of music, as well as her kind of dark kind of subject matter anyway, that I was like, uh, we had a, her, um, had a meeting with her and Alan. Um, and essentially I was like, look, I, I pretty much just want to unleash you onto this track. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a concept. I'm not going to give you an idea. I'm going to give you the track. I'm going to give you the lyrics and I'm going to give you the album artwork. And you essentially just do whatever you want. As much creative control as I had over the music, I want you to have over the video. Yeah. Um, and she was elated with the idea. She was like, cause she, surely that's every kind of like, like music video creators dream yeah. is that for a band to come to them and just say, just do what you do kind of mm-hmm. thing. Cause at that point you're like, you've established that like, you have a style, you have a way to do things and you're trusted enough yes, with that. There you go. Yeah. That's the key element there is trust. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she was, she was so, so delighted. She very much invested herself in it. Um, very quickly came and kind of came back to me with a, with a concept, with a, almost like with a full kind of script. It's almost as if she kind of had it already, but <laughs> you can tell that the, the video itself is very much rooted in the music and is a reaction to the music. Um, yeah. what I was talking about earlier with the potential of two singles, um, this was actually the defining kind of factor in this, in that like initially I was kind of leaning on um, Nascent for the for the music video. But after the meeting, I was like before kind of any kind of work was done, I was like, look, there is actually this other track and I'm kind of debating which one to use. And I sent it to her as well. And she was like, I can see what you mean by potentially Ceaseless being a more single based track. Yeah. But in terms of kind of like sheer concept and feeling and vibe we think nascent is probably better and i was like that's yeah. all i needed to hear yeah. let's go with that kind of thing yeah i think the vibe is the key exactly yeah. it that. is this yeah. it is this more kind of like ceases is a is a great track and it's very kind of unrelenting that like mm. that's the point yeah. of the the, the 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 name is that it just keeps going and pulls yeah. you into kind of submission whereas this is more grand it is yeah. more kind of epic in scale it is more big and open and lended itself to a more kind of like equally grand and epic and and kind of like mental kind of video itself i mean the video itself i mean like behemoth I, like that standard that's it is, yeah. it's it's incredible it's just absolutely mind-blowing where was it filmed so it's it's a house um i can't exactly remember the name of it but it's a house uh just off of maynooth um okay it's like this massive kind of three-story kind of house um the guy that lives there actually owns it. I think, I think it's like, it's an old kind of family house. Um, and it's been used throughout the years for like, for lots of like shoots, movies, videos, all that oh, kind of stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. to the point where like, and it's like, it's left as is like the way that the, the way it looks in the video is how the house is. Like it's, ah, we didn't, okay. we didn't dress it up. We didn't ruin anything. That's what it looks like. But it's, you can tell that there's things that have been there for ages. Like there, we, mm. we found, uh, a really old call sheet for an episode of Dad's Army in the house, what? kind of thing, and there was a shot like maybe in the eighties, kind of thing. Like, and it's like that's that's how long people have been shooting in this house mm. and stuff like that. Um, and when I kind of when she had kind of the concept, um, I think Olga had shot there before for maybe some photo shoots and went, "This is perfect for the concept yeah. I have," um, and it worked out great. Uh, like we had the the house, um, and also the the fire scene is essentially right in front of the house as well. So it kind of enabled us to do exactly what we wanted to do. And the cast, uh, did Olga provide the cast or was there a few friends in we, there as well? We both tried to kind of like recruit 
as many people as possible. But for the subject matter and stuff and what it entailed, it, it obviously you had to be a very specific person to yes. to kind of want to be in that video. Now yeah. we were kind of a bit concerned coming up to the video um, because there wasn't a lot of replies and we were really hoping to have like a, a big group of people that was fairly diverse. Like we wanted all shapes and sizes, yeah. all different types of people in varying ages and mm. genders and all that kind of stuff. We wanted it to just be a very kind of almost nondescript group of people. Yeah. Um, and we managed to get that in and we were kind of even, we were struggling to get kind of male people in as well, but we eventually got a few people. Um, uh, but it was like, it was just kind of pulling in a lot of favors. Uh, Olga, obviously as a photographer, deals with a lot of models and she does a lot of nude photography. So she knew a few people that we p- would be willing to kind of, yeah. and the thing is that was, that was one of Olga's kind of main things in the, in the concept was that, like it was very kind of like she wanted them to be nude to kind of really accentuate just kind of otherworldly and surreal this yeah. place was kind yeah. of thing. So that was almost like a kind of a make or break thing. If people wanted to be in the video, they kind of okay. needed to be okay with that kind of thing, yeah. um, which made it difficult initially. But um, on the day we were we were blown away by the amount of people. I think we ended up with maybe about 15 extras or something all yeah. butt naked for the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were we were delighted. We, we genuinely we couldn't. We didn't think we would get that much, but we were we were so happy. And that shoot, you got it done in the day. So we had two days in two the days, house okay. itself. The first day was all extras um, and me kind of things. Any shot with me and the extras in, we kind of we. It was a very very long day. I think it was like maybe 13, 14 hours or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and just started and pretty much didn't stop. Um, a lot of it was mainly kind of me and the extras kind of waiting around to be called and stuff, and then they'd be back and forth. And then the second day was again, shots with me. And thankfully um, one or two of the extras was still around. A lot of them kind of had to go home and stuff like that, but yeah, the other yeah. two were available to kind of come in and do some kind of pickup shots mm-hmm. and stuff like that as well. So it was, it was shot over two, well, kind of maybe one and a half to two days again, which yeah. is, is incredible considering the scope of the thing. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. If you, if you never do anything else, video wise you can walk away it's, from that and go it's yeah to the, it's to the point the video was so good that it uh, i personally feel like i've just scored her movie more so than it's a video for my music kind of thing it's 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 so far beyond what i could have ever asked for with regards to my music yeah we'll just have a look at the lyrics as well um we bear the shell of inequity shatter bones grow blunt against the carap Pace is it suffocating with the bones, unfazed asphyxiation, consuming coercion, also gluttonous. Yeah, mm. Pretty grim. <laughs> you can <laughs> say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The stench of death infests the lungs, a stark awakening from the slumber, the apology of intent obscured from view, no solace, only contempt. Now, man, they're great lyrics. I hope you will provide us with lyrics for all, all, all mm. of these tracks. Absolutely. Excellent um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that when bands actually take the time and trouble to lyrics out there, man, because you're writing them and you need people to to understand where you're coming from, not only musically, but uh, Mm. from um, a writing point of view as well. Especially in a vocal style where it's very hard to actually hear what the person's saying in the first place. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes that is the case as well, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is the title track, The Dirge. Not a brilliant uh, track. Oh, 
when that part came into the song, the first time I was listening, I was just going, maybe you might put in some acoustic there. And you just <laughs> let it in beautifully there, man. Excellent. Uh, great songwriting, my friend. Great songwriting. Talk to me about Kevin O'Connor, Astral Tomb. Again, Kevin O'Connor is a, is someone I've known for quite a while. He was the vocalist in Dichotomy. Um, and again, similar to, I guess, every kind of like guest I've had on, he just has this very signature sound. It's a very specific kind of thing, especially there. Like he, he always, he sounds like he's like this massive swamp monster. It's this really kind of like almost very kind of wet, heavy vocal. Um, and I've always kind of wanted him on a track. The drummer of Dead Aeon, who I've I've lived with for years, um, is the drummer of Astral Tomb. So I'm oh, I'm God. constantly hearing all the kind of stuff they're they're up to and stuff. So it's it's really cool to kind of have that still have that connection. Um, and with him, like he actually he was kind of the one that kind of led um, the theme of the lyrics in this one as well. Because I, I explained to him kind of where I was going with with regards to kind of lyrical content, because with mm-hmm. regards to like any kind of the vocal guests, whether it be Kev or, or Steven, I, I wrote with them kind of thing as, as opposed to just kind of like giving them a sheet of lyrics and getting them to sing it. Like I was like, I wanted to it to be as collaborative as possible and not just be like a little feature where they get a verse. It's, it's always like a, like a duet and back and forth. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to be that kind of thing creatively as well. So when I explained to him kind of the, the kind of the theory for the album, he was, he kind of put forward this idea of like, it's it's like when you're kind of surrounded by people that are also kind of very kind of like not kind of like toxic but like i guess i guess yeah toxic and that and that you kind of inherit a lot of it that you take a lot of it on if you're a fairly kind of like empathic kind of person um and it's a lot of those things where it's like sometimes you just need to like look at it and go look do i do i really need to here and suffer through this to it like because yeah. you are like you're you're you would try help as much as possible and you could potentially be dealing with your own stuff and it's when you kind of you're repeatedly helping and you just see like look this i'm i kind of feel like i'm doing all the work here where it's your thing that you're supposed mm-hmm. to be dealing with and it's you're essentially you're putting their kind of like mental language on top of yours yeah it's it's like it's the classic idea of, of like someone drowning, you're going out to save them. And that's exactly it. Yeah. You're, it's, in, it's, you're it's, in more trouble than the person themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You and if they end up kind of clambering on to yeah. you and pushing you down to kind of, yeah. and that's, that's how we kind of approach this one. Um, and it's like, it, I wanted it because like initially the name of the album was going to be um, the deafening Dawn chorus. I thought that was just like a really cool idea for like an album kind of thing. Um, and didn't have really like, that didn't really kind of emerge with the, the idea, the concept too much. It was just like a cool kind of title. Mm. Um, but when I was writing this, um, I like, and kind of, it was definitely like, I had this big kind of middle section in it and I wanted it, I wanted this song to be a really big statement that I was like, okay, this is definitely what the title track should be. Um, and ended up finding the dirge as well. Um, and everything kind of leads up to this kind of thing in that, like, those little kind of like post song things with the spoken word all lead up to this one kind of track and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, I wanted it to be like, again, it's quite long and like all the tracks are quite long, especially for this kind of genre. Um, but yeah. that's just me. I find it very difficult to write a short song. Um, but with regards to like Kev and stuff like that, he he's like, I, I have a lot of respect for him musically, the way he kind of approaches things and stuff like that. He, he's just, he's, 
he's very, very good at what he does kind of thing. And, and yeah. he was an obvious choice when I was thinking about different people to have on the album. Yeah, nice. And it's the title track as well, which is really cool. Okay, the last track, Nix and Turnham. cool i think you know when um, most solo artists get out an album like that i'm always interested in the journey of the the person who's writing it and also the finish of the album i think you've achieved that jack in spades man it's, it's to be applauded and you know celebrated really congratulations just tell us about that last track it's so fucking relevant in relation to a finish yeah, that's that's definitely the kind of the feeling I had about it. This is the other track that kind of survived the first kind oh, of. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So um, it's it, again, it's it's quite an old track, um, and especially that kind of that end section. Yeah. The whole the whole song is very kind of like I guess kind of behemoth kind of influenced, and they have these very kind of like grand kind of like sprawling kind of like ending to certain songs, especially at the end of albums. And it is that very kind of like it's almost kind of I almost I almost look at the the dirge being like the the combination of everything in the album and this being almost like the end credits that kind of yeah. it's it's actually it's not too long a song and it just has lots of different aspects that happen throughout the album um, and it's just it, it's it's like you said it it definitely has a bit of kind of finality to it and mm. it's something just completely coming to a head um, it's yeah it's a, a bit being quite an older song. Um, I'm really glad that it kind of stands up with the rest of them as well. Like it's, it's definitely like it's, it definitely has its place in ending the album itself. Mm, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's like literally a book shotting. Mm. Yeah. It just, it, it finishes. It's like, it's, it's, there's no question that there's like, there isn't anything coming after like that. Yeah. That is the end of the, the end of the thing. Um, especially when you think about like kind of how the whole thing starts and that it's kind of very kind of slowly kind of creeping in, at the start of the album and then this kind of just kind of dies down as well yeah and I like that melodic almost like a waltz 
section mm. as well, which which is I enjoyed listening to and hearing it and going, yeah, it's it is like the end credits, as you said. Exactly. Of, uh, yeah. So overall, man, it's coming out tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. What's your feelings now? I'm I'm honestly I'm just I'm glad it's finally kind of like gonna be out there. I'm kind of like I, I I've been working on it for quite a while. Um, I kind of almost look at it again as like essentially since Covenant, really, because um, mm-hmm. all the work that I'd done before I released Covenant, Covenant were the the two tracks that are essentially still on the album. But even then, they had changed quite a bit. Um, so it seems like my album cycle is about two years kind of thing. Okay. So I have about two years before I have the other one or I have to have the other one out. Um, but I, I'm I'm immensely proud of it. Like I said, it's it's an album that I've wanted to write since I was very, very young. Um and just didn't really have the kind of the, I guess the situation to, to be able to do it. Um, and it's something that I kind of felt I needed to do, like you're saying, kind of come in a bit full circle um, in, and almost to kind of like, with regards to kind of Dead Aeon, um, I was, I was just the vocalist in that band and the, my friend I was talking about earlier, Chris, um, was the guitar player, and and myself and himself, like he he had a very very specific way of playing guitar, and that he had his own custom tuning and stuff like that. And to this day, he's one of the most unique guitar players I've ever met. No one sounds like Chris, kind of thing. Um, so it would have been very difficult for me to also physically write something, yeah. but it was more so he would have an idea, and I would kind of be like, okay, try this, uh, take that part, move it there, do this a bit slower, that kind of thing be a bit more of kind of a ranger kind of thing. And I was genuinely interested to see like how kind of similar or how relatable my kind of solo stuff would be to that kind of stuff. Because again, technically he physically wrote and played it. I just kind of orchestrated him a little bit. But the fact that they are, they like you could, I could have released this album as a dead Aeon album and no one would have asked any questions kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they would yeah, have yeah. just expected that it was just the, the same guys kind of thing. Um, because it is, and it's just, it's, it's just the kind of the heavy kind of music that's inherent in me mm. that would even come out if I was channeling it through someone else anyway. So it was yeah. a cool little experiment in that kind of regard, but Absolutely, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm immensely proud of it. It's, it's, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm like, especially considering like, with the with Covenant, I I mixed that myself, um, and that was because I just I didn't know how I was able I was going to give that mass of work to someone else and them know exactly where I needed everything to be. So I kind of just needed to do it myself. Whereas this, um, I was like because it's more of like a almost like a normal kind of almost band formation, and that yeah. there are. Guitars, because a lot of people gave their time to you, man. So you need to just, exactly you, the last thing you wanted it to do is come out sounding fucking shit, like you know, just exactly bad um, mix or whatever. So is that where Aiden Cunningham came in to play? Well, like again, all of these people that have come in, I've I have I've had some kind of past kind of dealings with and stuff. And Aiden Aiden is definitely one that I've worked with before and wanted to work with again and again. Similar to Olga, I had worked with him in a scenario where, like. I like I know he's an amazing mix engineer and master like I know and so I was working with him with the LNT stuff which is again more kind of like I guess not death metal but it was a case of I know he has a background in really heavy really kind of noisy music that as soon as I did this I was like well, I obviously have to give it to Aiden kind of thing like it's I know that like I want again like you're saying a lot of people have given their time to this I know I could mix it and I would be happy with the mix but I want it to be 
beyond where I could bring it because it deserves to be at that kind of point. Um, It was different with Covenant. There were too many layers, too many things that needed to be in certain places that it would have just taken another two years for it to Mm -hmm. come out if I had given it to someone. Whereas this was just, I gave it to Aiden, sent him mixed notes essentially and went, just make it sound really heavy and really disgusting. And that's exactly (laughs) what he did. I'm constantly getting, like anyone that has heard it, I'm constantly getting... um, stuff said about the the mix and the production and it yeah. being just phenomenal yeah. and it's that's to be expected when you give stuff to him yeah. So. yeah his work look we're all fans of his work I don't know anybody Absolutely. in the metal scene that cannot deny Aidan Cunningham he's he's no. rightful place up at the top in the metal scene and hardcore scene he's just a fucking genius and um, absolutely it's nice to give him a shout out on the show as well like an old friend speaking of, <laughs> exactly and, and speaking of shout outs like uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely shout out my kind of long term collaborator with Stephen Lindsay yeah. um, everything that I have done since like like starting this thing has had some sort of relation to to him whether it just be using the logo that he he made for me or like essentially like constructing the look of the mm. entire kind of thing um, and this is no exception. Um, I, I sent him lyrics and music and stuff like that. And it wasn't even, I don't even think the music was finished, but, uh, he, um, he, as always just completely knocked it out of the park yeah. and made something that stands up to any, any kind of like triple A massive bands yeah. artwork kind of thing. Yeah, it is, it, it, it ex- exactly a, like encapsulates what I kind of see in the music mm. like it's just this massive dark oppressing kind of crippling kind of thing and the the artwork completely like conveys that so it's again massive props to steven and every single time i work with him it's just it's it just it's like of course i'm going to work with him yeah. again like of course as soon as i have something i'm going to go straight to him kind of thing yeah. um I so yeah that. massive props to steven i love that uh, and i and i really enjoy bands that that will stick with people that they know they trust and mm-hmm. the trust is the hu- huge factor isn't it really like you know absolutely when you give them something that they'll treat that as as with as much love and care as the person who has wrote it you know and and give it back twice fold you know and you and you're the one that's sitting down going oh my god i'm so happy mm. that i trusted this guy with it and look what he's brought back to me the more than i'll get exactly. is there anyone else jack you want to thank there that like, i know we've we've talked about all the musicians is there any people in the background there Now's um, your chance, def- <laughs> definitely like um my, my two housemates um one of them being evan the the drummer of astral tomb and the other one being uh kev the singer of my other band lnt they've kind of like i I do a lot of like I'm currently sitting in our house right now and my kind of studio setup is dead in the middle of our sitting room because mm-hmm. um, wow. it's literally the only place that it can be. Yeah. Um, but they're incredibly kind of understanding of that. And they've, well, as I'm writing these kind of things, they hear every single iteration of it from it, like the, the most basic idea to the finished product. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're all, they're always there to kind of, give me a little bit of help, a little bit of kind of like direction um, or to just kind of like sit and listen um, and tell me that it's terrible, even though it's, uh, they're, they're obviously joking. I would hope. Um, but um, they're, they're kind of, they're always kind of there in the background. So I, I very much appreciate kind of like their kind of outlook on it and their, their opinions on it. Um, again, obviously all the, the, the guest musicians and stuff like that, the whole point of this entire project was for me to kind of like do things by myself, but to collaborate with people that I've always kind of wanted to collaborate with. Um, I was really happy to be able to kind of like have so many guests. I think it's five in total. Um, 
and they're all phenomenal yeah. musicians in their own right. So to give them kind of a platform to kind of do their thing, um, I was I was over the moon with, um, like you said, Alan, Olga, Stephen, they're all lending themselves to the visual aspect of my music kind of yeah. thing. Like I said, I feel like I'm just kind of scoring their art pieces at the minute and I am happy enough to do that, in <laughs> fairness. Long, um, long because because exactly with, with what with what they do and what they put out um how could i not be immensely proud to kind of have it attached to my own stuff so yeah brilliant yeah listen jack much appreciated thanks for coming on the show man i i just wish you nothing but the best you're so talented and you know it's great to finally get the fruits of that labor in new album which is out actually on november the 18th so when this comes out and um, the dirge will be after settling down after a week so hopefully uh, more people will get on to get on to you and get into it and after listening to the show and as always man i'm here to help you anything i can do further down the line i gladly help you with it a massive thanks to you richie i knew as soon as i had something to, to share i would share it with you because i know you'd you'd be into it kind of thing oh, so again thank you very much for asking me to be on this and stuff it's it's uh, like i said in the last one it's very very valuable work you do so thank you very much for that okay thanks everybody and uh crucially support your local medicine